Welcome back to Elder Law Issues. This is Robert Fleming, a partner at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC, elder-law.com. That's our website before I forget to, to mention it because I so often do. I'm here with my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Today, we're going to talk about giving everything away. So uh, a lot of people are really anxious to avoid probate, Elizabeth, and um, and maybe they're so anxious about it that one of the things they might consider doing is just giving everything away when they're living so that they don't have an estate. Should you be giving everything to your kids right now? Wow, that's, uh, that is a personal question, Robert, and it's different for every family. I'd like to start with the presumption that given the current estate tax exemptions, those are so high, we run into very few families who we recommend gifts today to avoid estate tax tomorrow. So first of all, I'd just like to say that very few families really should consider making lifetime gifts for estate tax purposes. When we look at whether or not you should be making gifts from your estate today to avoid probate tomorrow, I think that's entirely the wrong question. I first want to look at whether or not my client is going to have resources that will allow him or her to continue living comfortably the rest of his or her life. So I meet with many families and I'll talk to parents and the parents will say, well, we really want to gift 50% of our brokerage account this year to our child because, you know, she really needs help buying that new house. One of the things that I'll caution people about is once you've made a gift, you can't claw that gift back. And oftentimes when we meet with people and they have resources that they may need later in life, we caution people about making a lifetime gift. Now, something like a loan where they might receive some limited stream of income from loan repayments, maybe that's a good compromise. One of the bigger questions that I have with people when they want to make gifts of real estate is whether or not the beneficiary of that gift is going to understand that as soon as you've transferred the piece of real estate, as soon as that title is held in the child's name or the beneficiary's name, technically, unless there's an agreement, you no longer have any responsibility to continue paying things like property taxes or insurance. But you know what? That beneficiary may not understand it. The beneficiary may presume that you're going to continue helping to maintain the property even though it's outside of your estate. You mentioned, Elizabeth, the estate tax uh, considerations, and I agree with you that, of course, that there's very little reason to make any gifts for estate tax purposes, but there's actually an income tax reason not to make a gift. And let me talk about that before. I know you want to talk about agreements when gifts are made about who's going to pay the carrying costs and the, law and the like, but let's talk a minute about income taxes. Using your example of a piece of real estate, if I bought a piece of real estate out in the Tucson mountains 20 years ago for $10,000 and today it's worth $100,000 and I sell it, I'm going to have to pay tax on the capital gain. If I give it to my daughter and she sells it, she's going to have to pay the tax on the capital gain. But if, on the other hand, I still hold that property on the day I die and I leave it to her, However I do that, in a trust or by a beneficiary deed uh, or however I do it, even in my will, 
she'll get a stepped up basis. And that means no one will pay the income tax on that $90,000 of gain. That's, of course, that hypothetical is assuming I die the next day, which I really wasn't planning on doing just to prove my point. But, uh, but you can see that there are serious income tax consequences for making lifetime gifts of assets that appreciate, particularly assets that have appreciated already. And then, as you say, in addition to the income tax consequence, there's the property tax issue. I've been happily paying the property tax on my investment and feeling like I'm doing a good job with it. My daughter may not be so comfortable about paying the property tax. It may be that I would like to pay the property tax because it helps me add effectively to the value of the gift. Uh, so can I make an agreement with my daughter about how that, uh, how that gift will work? You can certainly make a gift agreement, Robert, and that's going to be something that I encourage you to talk to me a little bit about and think about before we go ahead and make any kind of lifetime transfer of it, whether it's a piece of real estate or half of your brokerage account. I'm going to tell tell you that a lot of times people have difficulty telling us what kinds of lifetime gifts that they've made to their children because they're embarrassed, because maybe one child has needed more help or financial assistance than another child. Oftentimes when I'm working on an estate plan for somebody who may have been making lifetime gifts to one child and not the other, all of a sudden they want their estate plans to try and equal things out at their death. Gosh, that's so hard to figure out how to do unless the person has kept really good records. And um, oftentimes it can relate to conflict down the road if my client hasn't kept good records about what has been gifted. Even with something like a loan that they want a child's share of the estate to be reduced by the amount of money loaned to that child over time. Do you have records about those loans? <laughs> Was there a promissory note? It can be really sticky, and so I ask that my clients be honest with me and open with me in any kind of initial estate planning meetings where we start to talk about these issues. It can really create administrative hassles down the road if there have been lifetime gifts with some kind of misunderstanding, and so a gift agreement can be helpful. So maybe I transferred a house into my daughter's name a few years ago, and we had an agreement. We never reduced it to a, a writing. We never recorded any lien or anything, but we had an agreement that she would pay me the $250,000 that she paid for the, for the house. Now, when I die, will somebody be able to figure out if she has ever paid a single penny? And does our understanding mean that when she doesn't pay, that, uh, that her $250,000 loan carries interest or it doesn't carry interest? For my income tax purposes, I will be imputed to have received interest at the minimum rate by the federal government, but that doesn't mean that that was the agreed upon interest rate. And, uh, and oh, by the way, along the way, about two years ago, she needed to do some repairs and she borrowed another $20,000. Did somebody memorialize that change? Is there some paper record? Because when her older sister is in charge of administering the estate, She's got to do the fair thing. And yes, her older sister is a saint, and she will be very pleasant and good-natured about it, but the baby daughter is not, and she will, uh, she will feel like she's been taken advantage of, and there's going to be family discord. 
So please, 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 if you loan money or give things to your family members, make sure you document what, what the terms were and what the understandings were. And I would say that it's okay to have these conversations with your son or daughter before a gift is made. It really can help relieve stress and tension down the road between you and the beneficiary and between the fiduciary of your estate and the beneficiary. When I talk about creating additional agreements, sometimes people, uh, they get the heebie-jeebies because that's one other document that's going to be included in their estate plan. But the reality is, is that a great gift agreement might only be a page or two. It doesn't have to be some kind of complex agreement. However, it can really help memorialize um, what the terms are and, and what everybody understands from the get-go. So I encourage people to make gifts. I think that it's wonderful to make gifts during your lifetime. It can really bring a lot of pleasure for a family. Um, when we talk about something like a family heirloom or we talk about helping a child with educational expenses. Those are wonderful things to do. We just want to make sure that we talk about those in the totality of your estate plan and the particular circumstances that you might be in. To sort of recap and make a point that I make with my clients all the time, there's not really much of an estate tax reason to make significant gifts to your children or grandchildren. There are some income tax disincentives unless the gift is of cash or of property that has not appreciated in value stocks, real estate, anything that is appreciated in value, it's harder to make a gift of because of the negative income tax consequences. Please memorialize what you're doing, but none of that is to tell you that you shouldn't make gifts. In fact, I often see older clients who say, I should have given these family heirlooms or this cash to my children when they really would have benefited from it, when they had children in school or, uh, or when they were struggling. And we don't want you to have that regret in 10 or 20 years either. It's a hard problem to deal with and um, it involves family dynamics, which almost all hard problems seem to, to involve. We hope that's been helpful. We are happy to talk to our clients more about any of these issues. Um, and uh, we hope you will join us again for the next session of Elder Law Issues from Fleming and Curdy PLC. I'm Robert Fleming, and uh, my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and I are delighted to have you join us. Thanks. Bye.